right, so we're back. I am excited for another episode of Corked Up. So, of course, as always, I'm Jessica Kleinschmidt. And I'm Rachel Luba. Cheers. I got a new camera, and I'm so excited about it. You're looking just, nice. I just want everybody to see all of me, but not not really. Um, so before we get started and we reveal our wine word, I wanted to kind of I was thinking about an intro for this, and that was only because I don't like the word serious. I don't want to say this is, this is a serious subject, but it is a real subject, and I feel like that's very important. The one thing that I want everybody to know is you and I are very pro-women empowerment, and over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot going on in baseball and, of course, the world, and you know, a lot of times you and I can't just do our jobs. And something happened to you on social media, and we'll dig into that in a little bit. But before we do, we're going to reveal our wine word. And it does stick with the feminist pro-women situation that we're constantly preaching. And so anytime that we say the word women or woman, so plural and singular, you and I have to drink. And producer Jay is killing it and going to remind us because we always forget. Yeah, he's going to keep track for us. Because so. we're the worst. But and like, cheers, cheers to that, though. Cheers like, to that. Women. Yes. women so cheers to women. women. That's like a freebie. That's a freebie. We're going to give that to ourselves. Okay, so this real subject, um, it was actually interesting because Rachel kind of, you know, <laughs> messaged me out of nowhere. And um, she was getting attacked on social media. Let's just say it. It's called spade a spade. Um, so go ahead and give the people the background of the incident that occurred. Yeah, so I, I'm sure there's a fair number of people that followed it to an extent. Um, if you didn't, I'll just give you like a brief overview of what happened and what kind of led up to it. Um, my client, Trevor Bauer, um, had some frustrations with um, some of the things that were going on during the negotiation um, for baseball coming back and basically tweeted out a tweet that alluded to Scott Boris um, somewhat like interfering or representing, speaking, being the voice of players that he did not represent. And Trevor basically asked him to, um, you know, rep rep your players how you want, but please don't, you know, speak for all of us kind of thing. Um, We immediately got calls from other agents, et cetera, um, kind of letting us know that, you know, whether they love the tweet or not, um, but, and warned us, look, like, be careful. Boris is going to send his guys after you because that's what he does. Um, it'll be his clients, like his players, whatever. So we kind of knew that going in, but figured whatever. Uh, next morning we like, we wake up, we're on Twitter and like, I text Trevor, I'm like, are you getting, like, are you seeing what this guy Kyle Loach is saying? And initially, we are just kind of, he was like getting mad at us because he was like, you know, don't be calling out, you know, agents on Twitter and blah, blah, blah. It it was, it was odd, but he was getting very defensive. And so there was not much we could really do to explain, um, I guess, what Trevor was saying. Um, because it was private and it was so whether Trevor should have tweeted it or not I don't know but we couldn't elaborate and that was the reality of it so he got upset and then 
about, I think it was like a day later, um, he sends out this tweet to Trevor. And meanwhile, at this point, we find out he's a former Boris client. So everything makes sense. Um, and he sends out this tweet that basically questioned Trevor's agenda and said that kind of goes into, you know, oh, you're basically just, Rachel's just your girlfriend, you know, even though she's your agent, she's really just your girlfriend and kind of just diminishes anything I've ever done to really deserve to be where I am. Um, because again, like it all just kind of came down to she's your girlfriend. So I respond to that. Um, basically saying, you know, I, I didn't even tweet at him. I just or quote tweeted it and posted it. And I said, you know, imagine having a law degree, um, being a certified or, you know, a licensed attorney, um, mm -hmm. having worked at the union as an attorney, all these things, right. Um, certified as an agent, but that's still not enough to have, like, to be able to avoid questions like this or, right. you know, assertions like this. Um, and so real quick, let's, let's have producer Jay put that tweet up because you did quote tweet it. And in those who don't know, Rachel mentioned Scott Boris. He's a bulldog of an agent. Kyle Loesch, former client. Kyle Loesch has been, was in the league for 16 years, veteran pitcher. So he knows he apparently knows the ins and outs of what it's like to have an agent. And this was years ago. So he's not, you know, recently retired by any means. Um, right. But he did come at Rachel on Twitter. So sorry, just wanted to point yeah, that out. Yeah, no. Go ahead and continue. Uh, so the next day, again, Trevor and I both just ignore it. We don't interact anymore, but people, you know, or everyone's kind of going off at this point. Um, there's a New York Post article, you know, articles written about it and all this stuff. Um, and then he gets upset and, you know, Bauer says, look, like you're sexist for even asking about her. Like, what does her personal life have anything to do with her, what she's done as an agent, you know, her motives, like all these things. And so he gets, Loesch gets more upset. And, you know, I think it was, I don't know if it was a day later, like several hours later, he, think about how creepy this is. Loesch and I, by the way, we don't know each other at all never met. We're not friends. Um, we don't follow each other on social media. Um, we, we don't know each other. Meanwhile, he's claiming he knows for sure that this is a fact. Um, and then he goes and has somebody because it wasn't him because I have a, I have a private Instagram that I put, you know, my family's on it, my friends. Um, and he has, Which I highly suggest everybody does because it's important. Yeah. Uh, well, he has someone go and stalk and go through and scroll back to like, I don't know, years ago uh, to find pictures of Trevor and I together and then goes and tweets and says, uh, basically puts up another tweet with a collage of all these pictures. And by the way, fails to post any of my pictures with other guys. And I grew up with three brothers. Like I'm with, I have a bunch of guy friends. I'm always with dudes um they're like i pose closely with them i mean if you want to start judging on how i pose with guys like fine but he only picks out the ones right of trevor and i trevor and i have known each other for 10 years um we became like best friends in college um where we met and so he puts all these up on social media had someone stalk my social media put them up in a collage um jay pulled it up for us so you can see 
And so I basically respond again, not directly to him, but I put up a picture of all the other tweets or all the other pictures on my social or private Instagram of me and other close guy friends. And I basically tweeted out saying, you know, a reminder to women that you can have guy friends and cheers to that. Yes. You can have guy friends. Um, and you know, if people want to start going through and whatever saying that your close proximity to other guys, um, must insinuate that you guys are dating or whatever. Like I, for, I, for one thing, it's bullshit, but he puts up that tweet. Then you have guys like, uh, Cody Ross who responds. And again, remember, these are all retired, like former players, former players. Yes. A different generation of players. Um, thank God. But Jay, if you want to pull that up show where, uh, Cody Ross responds, um, and they joke about like personal touch. Like I've never touched my, my agent like that. Okay. So Cody responds that. And again, so apparently I've just, he's ended this debate that because I, there's those pictures that, you know, game over. Um, it took me like a few minutes to just go and find there's pictures of Boris, um, you know, with, I think there was one, uh, Jay, if you want to pull that up for us of him and Arietta they look pretty cutesy, you know, together and looking up at each other, but, but nobody questions that one. Um, there was another one. Uh, yeah, there we go. So we got, you know, like that's a sweet picture, right? But, but, and then here's another one of another agent we have um, who even talks about personal touch in that, right? But apparently that's okay because if it's just a, a woman, cheers. cheers. A woman can't can't do that, and so basically, what happens is for the next like three days, I get bombarded nonstop about, you know, you didn't answer the question. Kyle Loesch is making you know burner accounts. Apparently, an MLB executive made a burner account. I think it was just Kyle Loesch, but who knows? If even if there is an MLB exec who made it, they're claiming like she's lying about it, and I just want to be clear. And I, and, and I thought it was clear at this point or, you know, on Twitter, but I'm going to say it again. I never answered the question. So, you know, whether people saying, you know, I'm, I'm straight up lying or just factually wrong. Right. Um, And I didn't answer the question like for a very, I guess, like specific reason. And that's kind of like what I guess we're going to talk about today. And everyone, and everyone, you know, saying she didn't answer the question. So that answers it for us. And so this is where like, I want to explain why I didn't answer the question. And to reiterate again, that I refuse, you know, for the sake of every man, woman in my life, every, all my friends, cheers, (laughs) all my friends, all my romantic interests in my life, everyone, I don't, and the future of women, cheers, sorry, cheers again, yeah, in this industry, like, I refuse to dignify the answer, or the question, with an answer, and this kind of goes to something that a year, two years ago, three years ago, I made a choice that I was going to take a stance on this, 
because I knew that my close relationships with players, et cetera, were going to be questioned, um, brought up. I was going to be attacked for them. And it was something that I kind of like other players when I was at when I was at UCLA, they would warn me about this. They were like, you should be careful if you want to be an agent. Um, You know, people are going to ask, like, you can't be seen with players like this. And it got me thinking, like, first of all, what, what mold, there's no mold for women. Sorry. Oh, (laughs) Rachel, (laughs) I think I picked the wrong wine world. Yeah, you did. (laughs) You're already drunk. (laughs) So I, basically what happened was I decided that there really isn't a mold yet, right? There's not a mold I need to fit because there, there aren't a lot of females. You're welcome. In this industry, um, to have established a mold that I have to fit into. So that gave me an opportunity to create whatever mold I wanted, which is also kind of along the same time when I decided I'm going to embrace being feminine initially I wanted to change my name, right? I was going to go by my initials, Ari. It sounded more gender neutral. I was going to do things to downplay my femininity. And then I decided, you know what? Like I shouldn't be ashamed of my femininity. I like it. It's it gives me, it's something unique. It sets me apart. And so, and the only people that really hated it seemed to be other agents. So like, I don't have a problem. I'm going to embrace it basically. And I realized that it was going to be interpreted, um, who knew how it was going to be interpreted. There were probably going to be plenty of people that, um, you know, kind of questioned it or, you know, judged me for it. But in the end, I wanted to create a mold that I was proud of, right? Not hiding a part of who I am or anything like that, not apologizing for who I am. And so I decided that, you know, that was important to me. And so it is important to me on those same lines that, Women, sorry, cheer. We're all good. <laughs> it's important to me that they don't have to answer to their personal life. Because if you do a damn good job at your job, if you've earned your spot, your seat at the table, what does your personal life have anything to do with it? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of, I guess, where, you know, even that question like got me thinking how often how often do we ask male agents about their, about their personal life? We don't like, we don't ask, we don't ask them about the, the clubs they frequent together with other clients, you know, strip clubs. Maybe we don't ask them about uh, to think that there isn't a single gay male agent out there is kind of crazy to me. Well, at least an openly gay one. No, no, that's, that's what I mean. But Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to think like that just, there's not a single agent out there that closeted get, you know, being gay hasn't come out yet or whatever. I'm sure there is. And I'm sure there are players that are, Mm -hmm. but we don't ask, we don't ask about who they're, who other agents are sleeping with. We don't ask about which agents or which agents are sleeping with their players, wives, girlfriends, (laughs) like, sorry, but we don't ask about it. Right. I can promise you. I've never asked that. (laughs) You, have, you would you see you would know right you're me and you ask me but you wouldn't ask that, that. <laughs> but but the problem is is that apparently my personal life is relevant right yeah. 
like my personal life that matters and I have to answer to it. And that's something that I just decided that if I, if I answer it, then every other, you know, woman, oh, we're going to get hammered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't sturdy to begin with. It never is. Yeah, blame it on the lack. Yeah. (laughs) I like how we're like, this is such a serious subject. I know. It's getting wasted. (laughs) So I guess what I'm saying is I don't want to answer it so that other, you know, females feel like they have to answer it too. And so I decided to take a stance and I received a shit ton of backlash for it. But I guess my, my whole point is that everything, first of all, in the short time that I've been an agent, the work I've done, I think speaks for itself. Um, nobody like how many agents out there only have one client? Like there, there are plenty, there are plenty that, you know, don't have a law degree. There are plenty that, by the way, they're, I have more experience in salary arbitration hearings and preparing cases than any other agent, excluding um, the four um, expert agent advisors, but they're like semi-agents, not really. Yeah. Um, with, so with the exclusion of them, I have more experience in hearings than any other agent. Want to know who's, I have, I've been in 24, I've helped prepare 24 hearings. The next closest would be Scott Boris. Uh, Scott Boris has about 14 that he's done. If I would, but, if I could drop my mic, I would, but you already did that for us. So yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Mic drop. But that's my point. So like uh, my work speaks for itself. And the fact that somehow now my personal life is relevant um, and should diminish everything I've done frankly, like I'm not okay with. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing. Being a woman, cheers. It's not that simple. Our work can't just speak for itself. Because no matter what, we have to defend it. And that sucks because like you, obviously your resume is phenomenal. It's so, it's so luscious and it's full of so many things like law school and your certifications and everything like that. That's a lot of things that you, it's almost like you have to arrive and saying like, oh, here's why I'm here. Like when I arrive with a credential, that's a good thing because I literally have to post that and say, this is why I'm here because I've proven myself. And sometimes that's not even enough, you know? So just saying like, yes, your work does speak for itself, but we still have to defend it. And that sucks. Always. And that was, that was one of the things that, I mean, first of all, you're right. Like every, up until I always knew going to this as, as a female that you always have to prove you belong there. And initially it was, I need to prove that I know what I'm talking about. I need to prove that when I walk into a room, I am immediately off the bat. They assume I am a girlfriend, I am a wife, or I'm a secretary. Okay. Those three things. That is the given. When a white man, when an agent, a male walks into a room, they assume they are an agent, they are, you know, team and a team exec, whatever. I have to prove otherwise. I have to prove that I have baseball knowledge. And that's what I kind of struggled in the first several years trying to, you know, what, as I'm getting into this career of proving myself. And I thought that 
for, for a little bit. And I guess the last few months I was like, you know what, like people don't question whether I know what I'm talking about. Like I have proven that I know what I'm talking about, but what I didn't realize was that now I have to prove that I got, I, maybe I do know what I'm talking about. They'll give me that. But now I have to prove that I got here legitimately. And then this is the part that just pisses me off because again, all my credentials, everything I've done just goes out the door. Like nobody sees the 10 years that of literal work, like working my ass off to get to where I am. And just to like put this into context, I decided about 10 years ago, this is what I wanted to do. I'm 20, I'm 27 years old. I met Trevor Bauer 10 years ago. If it were that easy, if I could just, you know, date a guy and, and I boom, I'd be there. Why did it take 10 years? But, but, but nobody wants to talk about, nobody wants to talk about the 10 years of work. Nobody wants to talk about that. When I decided 10 years ago, this is what I want to do, that I've been working my ass off every single day, doing everything, putting myself into a position, applying to law schools strictly to be an agent. I wrote every personal statement about how I want to be a female agent. I want to do this. Like, this is what I did. I, you know, in law school, I, while every other uh, classmate of mine is getting these ridiculous cush um, summer associate jobs. I'm sitting there having professors, first of all, tell me that I'm an idiot. What am I doing? Like I'm looking, I'm making them look bad as just a, a student of their law school who's not taking a summer associate position that I was offered. Um, and I'm sitting there working for free, like for other agencies or interns while everyone else is do is making a ton of money and I'm working my ass off for free, right. To get to where I am, to put myself in this position. I was a, I passed the bar and I'm a licensed attorney. I'm unemployed and I'm begging. I'm literally driving. Like I was in, I was out in the Midwest watching some games and drove to Pennsylvania to ask a lawyer that I knew who was an, he's an expert agent advisor to beg him for a job. I'm a lawyer and I'm begging someone. And I was like, listen, I will work for free for you. I will do whatever. And I, and guess what? Like I put myself in a shit ton of student debt to go through that to, or to get myself there, yeah. like all of these things, but I get no, no credit for it. And that was kind of like, we don't talk about what about the men that just, do you want to know what you have to do to be qualified to be an agent? You just have to graduate high school. Do you know how many agents out there have just graduated high school? Plenty. Really? Plenty. Yes. Most don't have, like, I would say most don't have a law degree, but I have a law degree. Like I had to go do that. Want to know why I went to law school? Because somebody told me you're a female. If you want anyone to take you seriously, you better get a law degree. And it wasn't, again, that it was required. It was just that nobody will take you seriously. And so it's fine. Like, I'm used to having to go, and you could, I'm sure you, like, understand this too, that you're used to having to go above and beyond in order to prove, like, in order to be taken seriously, you have to be just that much better. Yes. So that was kind of, I guess, like, why this whole thing frustrated me was because like suddenly it all just came down to your personal life. Yeah. And whether I am or I'm not, 
you know, dating someone when I like, I'm, I'm more qualified than everybody, a majority of the agents. And, and I've only been an agent for less than a year. Yeah. I'm always done with it, then we can just. No, it's okay. I feel, I feel like this is a very important subject. I'm glad you're losing breath because it means you're passionate about it. That's like a good <laughs> thing. It's genuinely a good thing. It, well, I, yeah, I get heated. I would have stand, I would have stood up to you and cheers to you, but I'm not really wearing pants and I don't want people to get the wrong impression. So <laughs> I love it. I wish you would have, but whatever. <laughs> We're not that okay. kind of podcast. Yeah. At least not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jay. Um, all right. So I get, so in the last, you know, few, I guess few weeks and especially like right after this whole thing happened, Obviously, I would I like felt the roller coaster of emotions for of everything, you know, like upset, just like laughing at it, like this is so ridiculous. And then, you know, just whatever, every every range of emotion. And I also started to just question, like, did I take the right path to get here? Right? I imagine if I never became a lawyer there's a chance, maybe I, I could have still become an agent, but I'm sure I would have been questioning, like I would have had so many more obstacles that I would have faced. And, but I'm still here today, like thinking the same thing, like, did I make the right choice? Because after I worked at the union as a lawyer doing the salary arbitration hearings, I was offered a job at a traditional agency to be an agent. And I thought about it and I was like, shit, if I took that, like I would have been a amongst a bunch of other male agents and I would have had technically like a ton of clients and nobody maybe could have accused me of she slept her way to the top or you know whatever it is but then it makes me mad because the 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 exact reason I didn't choose that was because first of all I didn't want to be somebody's token female I didn't want someone to hire me to be their token female at their like the agency. diversity credit or something mm-hmm. or, yeah yeah I, because and so that was why I knew any agency I went to the ones that would consider hiring me were the ones that saw like huh this could set us apart this could make us different if we had a female and I was like you know what I don't want you to want me because I'm a female I want you to want me because I'm going to do a damn good job and have the fact that your gender needs to be like an after effect. Right. By yeah. the way, that helps. And yeah. that's really cool that you have that. But I don't want that. I don't want that to be the reason you hire me. Yeah. So I didn't want to do it for that reason. And I also didn't want to do it because I don't believe in in the way that the traditional agency, um, you know, is set up. And just to kind of go on that and I'll give a little plug to my, my agency here and then how I do it differently. Jay, if you want to pull up the tweet by what's his name? Is it Mulder? Yes. Mark Mulder. He mentioned like a percentage, like Mm -hmm. five. Yeah. The yeah. Former A's great Mark Mulder. Okay. So here's a great little tweet that he put out. Um, guess this is a, that's one way to keep the four to 5% agent fee in house. Well, I just want to be clear here. Um, I wish I charged my agent that much. (laughs) Yeah. He gets more than Uh, that. It's fine. (laughs) You're getting ripped off. Not really. You have a cool agent. Yeah, Um, I do have a cool agent. But 
just to, like just to kind of uh, respond to that that tweet. Um, actually, unlike Boris and every other agency, which I believe just straight up rob clients um, by charging that much for the work that they actually do. Um, I just charge like a lawyer does and I charge an hourly rate and bill clients for the work that I actually do. So to just completely shut down that dude's tweet, I will say that. And also that will kind of explain why I didn't want to go to a traditional agency because I wanted to do this better. Like I wanted to do this a different way, which means I had to go on my own. So by making that choice, like I realized that I'm going to put myself in a position where I'm going to have to start with one client and it's going to open it up to all these questions. But, you know, obviously, whatever this, it was the path I chose and I'm, I'm here to own it. Um, and so I guess like throughout this whole thing and like throughout that whole Twitter spat, I so badly wanted to answer the question. And I thought like it would have been so easy, right? That whole thing, like a lot of it just boiled. I mean, aside from the people saying I'm lying, which I didn't answer it. So how do you say I'm lying? But, and just to say it's a fact, like the only fact that you could ever show would be someone who's married because it's a legally binding document. Other than that, I don't know how you're going to prove a fact by like, as a matter of fact that somebody's dating, right? If they tell you otherwise, but if that's the case, I could make up a lot of stuff. Exactly. I'm dating a lot of, a lot of people. <laughs> More power to you. But I guess, so I didn't, it would have been so much easier, right, to just answer it. But I chose not to because I knew that if I answered the question, as simple as it would have been, it would have ended everything, I would be letting them create and perpetuate a mold that they wanted. And by they, they 100% would have won. And so by they, I mean the other men in this industry, because really that's who kind of started this whole thing. Um, By the way, nobody ever asked me when I was at the union, like that was never an issue. Um, My personal life, nobody ever brought that up when I worked Mm -hmm. as a lawyer there at the MLBPA. But, but now it matters because people want to try to diminish my, any of my accomplishments. Um, And so I decided, you know, I'm going to let people say that, oh, we know her answer because she's, she's not answering the question. And no, the reason I'm not answering the question is because if I answer it, then you get to perpetuate that mold. You get to create a mold. The men get to create a mold that they want for women in the industry. And well, I have also to people will twist your words too. Trevor himself told us media has a way of <laughs> twisting words. Of course, so. <laughs> of course. And so I made the decision, right? I'm not going to let the men in this industry dictate the mold of future women. Cheers. That was, that was cheers on multiple levels, babe. Mm-hmm. Legit. I'll drink twice. You literally took like a gulp too. I seen that. I'm gonna get that was hammered. impressive. I don't care. Yeah. Kyle Loach will make you drink. I'll tell you. <laughs> but anyways, I, I guess my hope is that in all of this, as much as it has sucked. And I know that there are going to be many more Kyle Loches of the world that are going to try because of what I'm doing, because I'm a female, they're going to try to diminish. What a guy. Look at him up there. Yeah. Producer Jay. 
The best. Like I said, makes me want to drink. Cheers to producer Jay. But cheers to you, Jay. But I'm, my hope again is that by refraining to answer, like I'll take the heat. It's fine. But I hope that I can, you know, be somebody that future girls can point to and say, look, she didn't have to answer that question because it wasn't relevant. And so I'm not going to answer it either. And I want them to basically feel empowered because I think women should feel empowered. Sorry. Um, I no, no, we should. Damn it. Do you need a refill? Uh, already, yeah. But we should feel empowered to say that's not relevant, right? What everything that we've done, look at look at my credentials. Look yeah. at the job I've done. Until I do a bad job, until I fuck something up, then then you can start looking into, you know, does this girl even know what she's doing? Well, we, then, no, no, no. We talked about this last night. Oh, we did. We Rachel did. and I had like a, a heart to heart because I went through some similar shit on social media. And it's the stuff that I've been dealing with since Little League. When I make a mistake, it's yeah. like, oh, she's a woman. This is yeah. this is normal. When a dude makes the Cheers. equivalent, the same thing, the same mistake, it's fine. It's brushed over. But when I do it, yeah, women shouldn't ta- be in sports. So, right. We talked but I about. Do, I do agree. I don't mind people double, triple checking me because I do it all the time. I make, I make typos constantly. It just, it is what it is. When you write eight articles a day, you're bound to make typos. But it, that's one thing. But, like, I'm not messing with anybody's, like, money. Like, I'm not, like, performing surgery. Like, it's yeah. not a big deal. But I and I get where you're coming from. And that's also what sucks is, like, I'm you, constantly yeah. worried that I'm going to fuck something up. Constantly. Yeah. Well, that was um, – yeah, because we talked about that. And I was telling you how when – so Trevor and I will do – because we're both out here in Arizona while we're waiting for the quarantine stuff. And so we'll get together and film the those videos um, talking about the negotiations and stuff. And there was the, one of the first videos. I didn't know – Trevor asked me about, like, the minimum games or something required to have a postseason. And I was like – and I, I was like, oh, I don't know. And he was like, I think it's 60. And I was like, yeah, you probably know. I was Mind like, you, yeah, Trevor maybe. even said, I think it's 60. Right. Trevor didn't know. But yeah. so I was like, we both were just like, I don't know. Then we po- that video gets posted and I get just annihilated in the comments that, wow, this ditz doesn't even freaking know like how many games. Like that's laughable and just going on like can't believe she's an agent. Like, first of all, you don't know it either. But then I'm panicking, right? I'm like, should I have known that? So I go and text like the guys at the union, right? They make the rules. Like they help well, look me. Look at Rachel casually saying, so I, I like text the guys at the union. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because I freaking used to work there. But anyways, <laughs> we forget about that. We um, totally, we skipped over that part of your yeah. huge resume. We skipped over that part. But I I asked them, I'm like, what is the number? And they're like, well, I'm not sure. I don't think there is one. Let me check. And then, so first of all, they have to check because it's just like, it, like a lawyer. Yeah. A lawyer doesn't remember every single rule yeah. in law, but they know how to find it. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. So then they go and check. And meanwhile, I'm just thinking like, this is bullshit. These guys didn't even know off the top of their head either, but I get crucified for it. Did anybody then in the turn- comments say, oh, wow, Trevor didn't even know? No, 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 no. Cause, cause, but he's also just a baseball player. He should, he doesn't need to know. I'm, I'm, I'm the agent. I should know. So then I, then turns out 
nobody can find the answer. And everyone's like, well, I don't really think there are. And then we find out that, no, it's, it's actually just a negotiated um, number or kind of, I guess, threshold that is in TV deals with the teams that, by the way, nobody other than the teams and the, and the TV uh, companies have seen those contracts. So all along, I'm getting just crucified that I'm so stupid and I shouldn't be an agent because I don't know this. And these, these guys are on YouTube, like just acting on their, up on their high horse. Like they, first of all, like these dumbasses even know, like, but, but no, I know, I know, but I don't comment. I don't know. Fucking worst. Oh, I, so that's like, I, and cause actually our, one of our guys at momentum texts me, texts us and he was like, Oh, people are like writing in the comments on YouTube. Like, Oh, that's right. I'm yeah. back on YouTube now. <laughs> oh girl. <laughs> I haven't been out. on YouTube since I was with cut four. And so I'm like, all right, here it's, we go. It's brutal. I'm pouring it more cause it'll I'm humble you. On. YouTube comments will humble you, but here's the one thing. So I, obviously okay. I did the whole journalism thing and I took notes throughout what you were saying. And you ended on a good note. You 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 genuinely want what's best for women in this industry. I'm glad you just reported. But the one thing that was very, you know, repetitive was you know authenticity. And you said um, you don't want to be traditional and you don't want to do this. And like that's so difficult for I'm going to say it again, women in this industry because we want to be the next X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. And you and I are both the same. We're constantly being asked to talk on podcasts and and radio and stuff like that. And the one thing I like to tell people is like, um, when they ask, hey, how do I get in the media or the the sports industry? Mm -hmm. And the first thing I say is don't do it. I want to see their genuine reaction because I want them to be like, the, the, the ones that are opposite of you and I will be like, oh, okay. And the ones that are like you and I will be like, fuck you. How do I do this? That's and then, funny because yeah. people literally would say the same thing to me. And I yeah. used to talk about how mad I would get because every time they would say it, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I always hear that, but I don't care. Right. And then like, yeah, that, exactly. that was always my answer. Yeah. I actually spoke to Carrie Champion because she has a, a, um, a, I guess like a, a group of women that she, she brought in NBC Sports. And it was the most nervous I've talked to. I was also literally in the middle of something. So I was like rushed. More nervous than Votto. I I actually wasn't that nervous with Lotto. Okay. I I mean, like I was, you were, I think I was only nervous. I think I was only nervous because it was like a last minute assignment. And I was like, shoot, like, and I was worried that he wouldn't want to talk about the A's because they were playing the A's. That's what I was nervous about. Like he wouldn't give me anything, but I did leave a little teary eyed only because he (laughs) is our King. But that's another story. Um, Well, I'll have to have like a totally Joey Votto dedicated episode maybe he'll even be on you never know well lord willing um don't (laughs) tease me um so (laughs) but it was um it, it was more about like I growing up and you're the same thing we're both tomboys at heart right we grew up like and correct me if I'm wrong and I'm just speaking for myself I was a boy I played baseball up until I literally was was told yeah I mean I didn't play baseball but Right. But I was a dude. Yeah. And I, I didn't like that about myself at one point because I see these girls being girly and doing stuff and I'm sitting there like, 
I mean, obviously now like I'm a monster, I'm a girl and I'm like a tomboy, but back in the day I was like, I don't know why everybody's doing this when I want, I, I want to do that, but I just, I'm just, it's different. Yeah. So it wasn't until I was like, I'm going to embrace being authentic and being myself and being, and not going with what everybody else is doing. Yeah. So when you said that, it struck a chord with me. And I feel like that's so difficult because like I said, everybody wants to be the next Katie Nolan, the next Sarah Spain, the next yeah. Michelle Beadle in sports media. And they're killing it. They're doing an amazing job being themselves, but like, why not be the first Rachel Luba, the first right. punishment. And it's so difficult because people are almost scared of the power There's, that they possess by being right. themselves. Right. And, and that, but you said that's Fuck what's you important. And did it anyway. I love it. But that's, I, that was, I, somebody told me that I remember when I was younger and, um, my, it was my PE coach actually, and our teacher. And he said, I w- it was talking about, I'm going to be the, the next Mary Lou Retton. So I was a gymnast and he looks at me and he goes, well, why don't you just be the next Rachel Luba? And I was like, you know what? That's a, I was like probably seven at the time. Right. Like, that's a great, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, but, but that was kind of, and, and I think that's something that I was it's a blessing and a curse that I'm coming into this industry really with nobody to look up. I don't want to be the next who, like I can't be the next who, because who is there to point to there's nobody. And so I want to create a mold that I'm comfortable with that. I feel like I can be myself. How many women do shit? How many, (laughs) how many women? Oh, fuck. Okay. You're literally part of the problem, Rach. Yeah, I know. Do you talk to that, that are like, you know, they have to have this alter ego when they go to work or, you know, they have, and a part of it, part of me, I I know I've kind of had to, in the beginning, I, I tried to play that part too. I tried to fit into this mold that, that the men, by the way, were telling me to fit into yeah. and that I can't hang or I can't be seen with players because I've had agents straight up ask me when I'm, it was interviewing for internships at an agency. They were like, how do you know all these players? I'm like, what do you mean? How do you know all these players? Like I do that when I go on dates, the guys are like, <laughs> so like, are you super into baseball players? I'm like, this is our first coffee. And yeah. you're asking me that it's like the <laughs> dumbest thing ever. But, but of course, right. And because I think, but to that point too, I think people are, and I think men too, are so uncomfortable still with women being in their space and their, sorry. And and I get that. Like I'm, especially in the clubhouse, like I'm literally, you're changing and this is your comfort zone. You're prepping for a game. Trust me. I don't like it either, bro, but I got a job. You got it. Yeah. But, but, but they're so uncomfortable with it that I think they have to question what they, they find all these ways to kind of question how we got there. Was it legitimate? You know, what are, what we're, is what we're doing legitimate? And then, and you even see this, I was thinking about this the other day, you see it in sports, just with like female athletes. We sexualize everything. When we put a female on the cover of Sports Illustrated, we're sexualizing her. We're showing her for being, you know, super hot. We're not acknowledging the fact she's like the most badass, you know, volleyball player or whatever it is, right? It's more of like, look how damn hot she is. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want to like, ooh and ah over how hot she is, fine. I have no problem with it. Like there are plenty of male athletes I look at and I'm like, oh shit, they're really Mm -hmm. hot. But like. But 
just if you're when that's their job and what the first thing you should be talking about is how damn good they are at their job before we go into oh and by the way she's also really hot like yeah okay fine if you want to follow it up with that 80 80 80 seconds later then tell me she's hot yeah right so that's i don't know that's kind of my but here's the thing it's not gonna happen it's especially not gonna happen overnight and actually i was on the radio today at talking about all the mlb shit Mm-hmm. It was funny because I, I had this prepped this morning and then Rob Manfred said, we're not confident in baseball returning. And then an hour later I had the, the radio spot and he's like, we were talking about that. And I was promoting the podcast and he's like, Hey, has it been every, like, like, how are things going with like women these days? And like in sports. And I was like, <laughs> I honestly, and this is me being Shit. dead serious. Oh, so yeah. Dead serious. Uh, I said, It'll never be over. No matter what happens, like women have helped pave the road. Why am I not remembering? Mm. You were on a rant there for a bit, so it's my turn. Um, yeah. But it's not going to be easy because I'm going to constantly be like, it's going to be, it's still, still going to be bumpy. Like they, but it just constantly, the, no matter what. The way you change, and this is what I truly believe is the way you change it. It will never change if we give men the, the the ability to dictate how we need to behave, how we need to do our jobs, how we what questions we need to answer to and what questions we need to not talk about. Like until we take that power back and say, no, these are questions that if you don't answer to, I will not answer to. These are things that if I'm comfortable, if you get put a picture on your Instagram of you at the beach in Cancun in your, you know, bathing suit, then I can too. And like, until we take back that power and guess what? The first females that do it are going to be hated. They will receive backlash. Look at me. I'm a liar now. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm an attorney who's like overly qualified, but I'm still a fraud. I'm all these things that people have said, whatever. And I don't get to have the credit for any of it. But I mean, as I was saying before, my hope is that at least like I'll take the beating, but I'm hoping that future girls that want to be in the industry someday, they can look at and be like, you know, I don't want them to be the next Rachel Luba, but I want them to be able to say, look, if you're asking me to fit into this mold, well, here's a great mold that I'm proud of. And she didn't have to answer to it. She was allowed to do this so I can do it too. And then I think eventually it will change. But the only way it doesn't change is if we just keep letting them dictate how, you know, what, what, how we need to behave. Agree. I agree. And you know why nobody can be the next Rachel Luba? Because you, my dear, are irreplaceable. That's why I love you. That's why you're my co-host. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to touch on? I feel like you have inspired me because you know everything that I'm going through, everything that I'm going through. And yes. I feel like I, I'm glad because I feel like I'm constantly plateauing and I like how you're, you're my Sammy Sosa to my, my, my Mark McGuire where you're like, you're like pushing me to be better. And I feel like that's good because Helping each other with more drugs. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> we love our drugs. 
<laughs> we do love our drugs. Um, shout out to Alec Palmer for that amazing plug. Yeah. Yeah. Killed it. Um, well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of Corked Up. We had so much fun. And Rachel, you're phenomenal. And I'm so glad that you were honest and went for it and did what you need to do because I feel like more girls, women, everything need to hear that. And you're amazing. Cheers to that. Thank you. I appreciate it. There was a good week that I was questioning all of that. So thanks. Love you. <laughs> Bye.